picks being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. Kyle, the draft is in the rear view mirror, but we got a lot to talk about to recap it. What do we do? Do you ever see? Oh, I have a great country music reference right here, but you're not nope. gonna. You're not nope. gonna. Know. I'm not gonna get it. So let's let's just. I'm sad the draft is over. I'm excited we have the outcomes of the draft to talk about, but it is disheartening to sit here and think that the draft has come and gone. I'm heartbroken. Yeah, it was fun. We uh, we were. I mean, just like all of us on a Zoom call, working through content, uh, talking about picks, dealing with Solak's reactions to. Pretty much everything. Uh, it was great, man. Alexis, you know, she was balling with us all the way through. Yeah, MVP. Chuckling at picks. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Dre, Dre, uh, uh, Dre, our former NFL scout, man, it was fun to hear him chime in, man, because whenever he didn't like a pick, like, he just could not, like, keep it in. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, what are they doing? Just like that all the time. It was kind of fun to, like, not be so buttoned up. We're usually broadcasting the thing. Yeah, you know, this so. is the first year in – what four years that yeah. we've not done a live show for the draft and yeah definitely odd and and I feel like that maybe I don't want to speak for you too but like I had a weird feeling on Saturday night and it was like usually because the draft there's like we work all year and then we do a live show and there's this big payoff and then you go out and celebrate when it's over and we didn't really get that this year yeah we should have fired so up kinda, the room with stogies and bourbon and uh it, you got stogies? Wait, I do. The, I've had the same one, Kyle, said for a you, long time. You want to zoom on the porch tonight? We we should. Um, I, and make sure I don't have baby duty tonight, but uh, maybe maybe we can do that. I don't know if what, what hurts more, right? Like my, my butt from sitting in my desk chair for like 100 hours over the weekend or normally my back for standing for 100 hours with the broadcast because for some reason we don't ever believe it's in the having back. tools. You think so? It's the back. It. I got to the end. You remember that last year? Yeah, I was like, I needed somebody to take a sledgehammer to my spine and straighten <laughs> it back out because it was brutal last year. And you're one of those guys that has like uh, one of those rolling pin things at all times. Mm-hmm. And you ever spend any time with Kyle Krabs? There's going to be two or three times throughout the day where this guy's rolling on the floor on top of some type of, uh, I don't know, rolling. It's, it's, pin. Ca- it, it's called a roller. Yeah, well, that's yeah. I just warning people if they ever spend a day with you to, that you, they're going to see that two or three times. It's a foam roller. It's part of the deal. Part of Helps the Kyle Krabs experience. Uh, NFC East today. Yes. America. Not, I refuse to say that. The Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, they're not America's team anymore. Never have been. Wait, that's, that's not a great Dolphins. way to start it off. Oh, come on. The Dolphins. We're talking about the NFC East. <laughs> they're America's team, Miami Dolphins. That's literally no claim to that whatsoever. Uh, they do now with Tua. That does not make you America's team. Okay, so the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> These guys had a nice draft, and it Talk extends it, it extends beyond just taking C.D. Lamb. We'll read you the draft class first, work our way through, and then we'll, we'll talk about the class in its entirety. Uh, number 17, C.D. Lamb, wide receiver, Oklahoma. Number 51, Trayvon Diggs, cornerback, Alabama. 82, uh, defensive tackle Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma. 123, cornerback Reggie Robinson from Tulsa. 146, center Tyler Beatish, Wisconsin. 179, uh, defensive end Bradley Anai, Utah. 
231 quarterback Ben DiNucci from James Madison. Plus values with every pick in my mind, dude. Like, first of all, let me give Dallas a lot of credit for picking CeeDee Lamb number 17. The, the needs were on defense. We know that. I mean, you saw their next three picks go to defensive side of the football, but that's a situation where that player should not be there. CeeDee Lamb should not have been there at 17. They pulled the trigger, and now they've surround, surrounded Dak Prescott with Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and CeeDee Lamb. Well, you know what? Yeah, they ignored defense, but so have the Kansas City Chiefs, and they continue to do it by taking a running back in the first round this past year. I love the idea of being able to have this really dynamic offense and put a ton of stress on your opponents to come after you and be able to match your points. And, uh, man, that 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 trio of, of receivers with Dak, especially when you're you know trying to negotiate a contract, a long-term extension with him, I think was a really smart move, and, and I really appreciate ignoring need and just getting the best player on the board. Yep, that's – don't – don't pigeonhole yourself, right? Yeah. Because if you pigeonhole yourself in your Dallas at 17, who do you pick? AJ Terrell? Caleb no, on right. Chason? Something like that? And Chason got consideration from Dallas. And I would have been fine with that pick had they chose to make it. Mm-hmm. But like if you said, wow, we really need a corner, AJ Terrell just went at 16 to Atlanta, uh, what do we do? Right. You don't poop your pants. You just pick. You the end up. Player. You, you end up taking Damon Arnett at nineteen. Is what you do. <laughs> that was good. That was well played. That, there you go. So just take the best available player. Turn a strength into a, a, an even bigger strength and an identity of your team. Man, this is going to be a tough draw for the NFC East. CD, Amari Cooper, Michael Gall. Yeah, that's that's up there. That's high in the rankings. I mean, obviously Lamb needs to prove himself, but. I think we both recognize what he can be in the NFL. Love that pick. We should have sniffed out Trayvon Diggs to Dallas, to be honest with you. Poor K. Because like the corner that they lost was Byron Jones, right? Mm-hmm. And Byron Jones was the one guy in that secondary that had a different body type than all the other guys, right? You think about the Chidobe Awuziers and the Jordan Lewises on this roster, Joe, and, and even to a lesser extent, uh, Xavier Woods at safety, like, they don't have a lot of size and length at corner after Byron Jones has left. And now Trayvon Diggs coming in here uh, has those attributes. The question is how quickly can you get him onboarding and what is his ceiling? Uh, because if, if he's able to reach his ceiling as a, as a player based on his athletic traits, yeah, Dallas is going to be in good shape. But he's got a little bit longer ways to go. So I don't think he's necessarily plug and play. And I think that is something that we're going to have to watch, especially because Dallas didn't draft a safety and safety was a position that we talked about as a potential upgrade for, for the Cowboys. So that for me was my X factor on Dallas's draft is how quickly can you get Trayvon Diggs to play at a high level? Yeah, they'll need it. And look, they, they could probably be okay with Xavier Woods and haha Clinton Dix this year, but you know, you you might be looking for an impact player there down the line. Let me talk about how much I appreciate this Neville Gallimore pick. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. a player I think you and I both agree deserved to be a high second round pick. But what I love about this, again, is this is a good example of the Dallas Cowboys not clinging to things that might not work out. You got Tristan Hill, your headliner of your draft class, right? The year you traded your one for Amari Imagine. Cooper. Well, look, they went out and they said, you know what? We're not going to sit here and try to sit here and believe that Tristan Hill isn't isn't going to, you know, is going to pan out. They'll go out and sign Don Terry Poe and, and Gerald McCoy. And, and draft Neville Gallimore and and add to that mix and not make it like, yeah, we better hope our guy pans out. They went out and, and made significant 
investments here at the defensive tackle position and stopped playing around with it and, and made sure that they got things solidified where, you know, I think that that was an area of, of concern last year for this football team. Yeah, no question. Um, Tyler Beattis is a nice lottery ticket. Yeah, absolutely. To take, right? Because, you know, it's Dallas is talking about well, when Travis Frederick retired, Dallas Cowboys fans got real mad if you suggested like Cesar Ruiz in the first round or something. <laughs> They're like, no, we got we got Joe Looney and Connor McGovern was the third round pick. Was it Connor McGovern or it's yeah. Connor something? Connor McGovern, third round pick, Penn State. Yeah. Dude, there's two Connor McGoverns and it throws me off every time. They're both into your offensive linemen. Yep. Yeah, it kills me. So Connor McGovern was a third round pick out of Penn State last year. And Cowboys fans pointed to that and said, well, we got guys that they like between Looney and McGovern, so don't think they'll go into your offensive line. This this is the happy compromise, right? Because Beatus, if he's healthy yeah. and he's able to return to form, look like a top 50 player. Uh, but he's had a hip issue and a shoulder issue in each of the last two seasons that have really offset his ability to work out and stay in shape. And uh, his film was impacted by the recovery from the hip injury last year and getting him at 146 and trading up to get him. They gave up a future five to go up and get him. Um, it feels like the right roll of the dice and a good opportunity for Tyler. And and if he does get back and healthy, like, yeah, put him right in between those two guards that they've gotten that Dallas will be fine. Yeah. Love the pick. Love the potential there. Um, obviously Connor Williams with that ACL tear, uh, in November is something you have to keep in mind there with that interior offensive line. So they may need Looney and McGovern to start. And mm-hmm. so having a guy like Beata's in the mix certainly uh, strengthens at the depth and gives you a chance at a long-term starter. I like Reggie Robinson, the corner from Tulsa. I think he can play all coverage techniques. He's got great athleticism, and uh, he's a very physical player. So um, I-, I like the double dip at corner uh, as well in this draft for Dallas. I mean, top to bottom, dude. I mean, just a killer haul in my opinion. Wow, great segue into the the New York Giants talking about double dipping at corner again. Did they double dip at corners? The uh, yeah, they got they got oh, Chris yeah. Williamson and Darnay Holmes here. They didn't double dip high. Yeah, but you, you and I talked in the pre-show, and it's like Dave Gettleman has drafted seven corners and given out like a top five contract at cornerback in three years. It's incredible. Yes. He's committed to getting this secondary right. And hey, listen, when you're playing in a division that has a team that has CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and yeah. Michael Gallup, you need all the corners you can get. Yeah. So I, I get it. And I like Darnay Holmes quite a bit at 110. It was good value. You know, the, this team's entire draft class, number four, Andrew Thomas, offensive tackle from Georgia, 36, safety Xavier McKinney, Alabama, 99, offensive tackle Matt Peart from Connecticut, 110, corner Darnay Holmes, UCLA. Uh, Draft Dudes alumni, Darnay Holmes. 150, offensive guard Shane Lemieux from Oregon. 183, linebacker Cameron Brown, Penn State. 218, defensive end, linebacker hybrid Carter Coughlin from Minnesota. 238, linebacker TJ Brunson, South Carolina. 247, cornerback Chris Williamson, Minnesota. 255, linebacker Tate Crowder, Georgia. I think the Andrew Thomas pick is pretty straightforward. We knew they needed a tackle. It was all about which one does Gettleman prefer. Turns out it was sharp uh, and Sharpie, right? Kyle, Andrew Thomas, uh, something you pegged a couple months ago. Um, So, I mean, we knew they would take one at four and and they got the one they like. I like this Xavier McKinney pick. And I know that they have like, they were converting Julian Love to a safety. They had Jabril Peppers, but you got to remember Patrick Graham's from that Belichick tree. And those safe, those defenses play three safeties and, and they need versatility. 
And so a guy like Xavier McKinney was somebody I thought the Patriots could be interested in in the first round. They wind up trading back and still drafting a safety in Kyle Duggar. But I think from the perspective of really needing this type of player for that defense to get the most out of it, I like that pick. And I know maybe some people were expecting a pass rusher or Zach Bond or something like that, but good football player in Xavier McKinney at 36. Well, listen, I mean, the Giants linebackers, off-ball linebackers, are David Mayo, Blake Martinez, Tay Crowder, Ryan Connolly, TJ Brunson, Josiah Tafea from, uh, I think it's UTEP last year, or UTSA, one of those two schools. Um, so getting Xavier McKinney with his versatility, which of those linebackers is good in coverage, Joe? Zero of them. Zero of them. So getting Xavier McKinney, who can play on the second level in sub packages and can be a coverage asset and is not a liability in run fits and tackling is why this pick was my favorite pick for the New York Giants. Because you now have that he's not a true single high free safety. If you want to play Jordan Love there, more power to you. He is the Swiss Army knife piece. Mm -hmm. And with their linebackers having so many issues, when you go sub packages and McKinney can play on the second level, it's a huge win for your defense. I agree. I think this is a player that they needed to kind of put this together, especially if they weren't going to have any range on the second level. It's a, yeah. it's a good way of, of putting that. I like these two offensive linemen. They got Matt Pert from UConn, uh, Shane Lemieux from Oregon. I think maybe Shane Lemieux might be like the, the, the B minus version of Will Hernandez and, and uh, like the idea of him, you know, being a potential interior backup and an eventual starter there, maybe at right guard. And then Pert, uh, you know, I don't think he's a guy that is going to start right away, but he doesn't have to, right? They've got Solder. Hopefully he could be healthy for them. And Andrew Thomas, in the mix, but you've got a nice, exciting guy that can develop and, and take over for Solder, who may be winding down at this point. So um, two good offensive line picks, I think, in the right range, in my opinion. I think even Lemieux was a plus value for me. Yeah, 150 was a bit of a steal. And, you know, Kevin Zeitler, who's at right guard now, he's under contract through the end of 2021. But, Joe, he's he's like the seventh highest paid guard in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So he's 30 years old. He'll be 32 after 2021. Top 10 salary at the position. Seems like a little bit of a succession plan, perhaps, in place. And Lemieux would yeah. make sense uh, for what he brings as far as mobility and power. Uh, gets two years to polish up some of the uh, the bad reps on his tape. And <laughs> yeah. uh, Andrew Thomas, I think, is your long-term left tackle. Matt Peart, long-term answer at right tackle. You'll probably see Thomas play right tackle this year with Nate Solder at left tackle. And then if they get Pierce, the X factor in this class for me, because if he ends up hitting this, they will have done an excellent job. Yeah. What do you think about Carter Coughlin? Like thinking New England Patriots style of defense. These are the types of players that they find ways to get production from. I think late, maybe like a, a like a, you know, beyond pick 200 type of guy that you just really like the fit and, and the role that he can carve out. I, I think this was a tale of two drafts for New York. I really like what they did from 1 to 150. Anything after 150, my expectations are pretty low for contributors on the roster, including Carter Coffin. But if I made you pick one after 150 that can have a meaningful role for the football team, you'd pick somebody different? Chris Williamson can play a little slot. I think he's special teams. He's physical. 
what's his course to the roster? <laughs> you know, special special teams. But like all the po- they have so many corners. Well, it's a good thing it's expanded rosters. <laughs> Not by ten. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, maybe if Carter Carter Coughlin, if he's going to make the roster, like, are you playing him off ball? Or are you playing him at edge? Hybrid Kyle Van Oyrol. Dude, he's got like 30 inch arms. I know. I know. He's not. It's why he's is very small. That's why he's a late round pick, but some, some, I would, I would stake my flag on Chris Williamson before Carter Coffin. All right. Well, this will be, but I don't, I don't think they'll get any production out of the back half of this draft. An important conversation for us to revisit in three years. Please, someone remind us to talk the the differences between Chris Williamson and Carter Coughlin and their impact <laughs> on the New York yeah, Giants. Neither one of them to make the roster this year. It's gonna be great. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without even leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. Just download Postmates on Apple or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNFL. That's code LOCKEDONNFL for $100 of free delivery credit off your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. The Philadelphia Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Eagles fly on the road to victory. Okay, so they made some noise, noise. on day two. Yeah. Let's let's summarize this draft class first. This was a hefty class with 10 selections. Mm-hmm. 21 wide receiver Jalen Rager, TCU. 53 quarterback, quarterback, Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma. Do Say not what? Adjust- do not adjust your audio levels. You heard that correctly. <laughs> 103 linebacker Davion Taylor, Colorado. 127 safety Kayvon Wallace, Clemson. 145 offensive tackle Jack Driscoll from Auburn. 168 wide receiver John Hightower, Boise State. 196 linebacker Sean Bradley from Temple. 200 wide receiver Quez Watkins, Southern Mississippi. 210 offensive tackle Prince Tegawanaho, Auburn. 233 linebacker Casey Tuhill, Stanford. Okay. So let's let's deal with Rager first. Um pick 21 overall. They must have been heartbroken to see CD Lamb go 17 to the Well, they tried their ass off to get up. Well, it didn't work out. So Rager, I mean, look, he's fun. I, I like the dimensions he can bring to the offense as a guy that can create post catch and get vertical. Um and um you know, he's a speed guy that has a great explosiveness, but I also love the density of his frame. He's a thicker guy. He's not one of these rail-thin speedsters. Uh, he, he gives you a, a, a powerful th- a frame to, to go with his, with his size. I think he's a dog. I think he's got a ton of competitive toughness. Love the way he talked at the NFL Scouting Combine. So um, nice, versatile weapon here for, for this Doug Peterson offense. Noticed you didn't say Carson Wentz. 
You just said Doug Peterson offense. Why is that? Listen, you're not you're not <laughs> you're not putting that on me. <laughs> okay. Yes, I really like the fit of Jalen Rager. I like the idea of him learning behind Deshaun Jackson. Obviously, their their physical skill sets are a little different in that Rager's not such a true burner, but they both win down the field. They both win after the catch. Uh, getting Deshaun back will also help Philadelphia's offense as well. Uh, the name of the, the game for this draft class for me, for Philly, is speed. You think about what they tried to add. Also traded for Marquise Goodwin. Mm-hmm throughout the course of this NFL draft as well. Uh, so the pass catchers they added, John Hightower is a blazer. Jalen Rager is a deep threat. Quez Watkins is a blazer. And Marquise Goodwin is a blazer. Like, they wanted to get fast in the skill positions. Understandably so when your best two receivers last year are both tight ends, and mm-hmm. Alshon Jeffrey probably runs a five-flat. Yeah, so they got faster. They needed to, but... um we got to talk about this Jalen Hurts thing, man. Yeah, this is fascinating. I mean, you hear so much about it in terms of the, the Eagles and what they've been able to get out of quarterbacks. And I don't know, man. It's just like, what's what's the course for him to help your football team? Is well, it because they, of the, the injuries to Wentz and you feel like you needed to have a good backup in place? Are you going to run two quarterbacks? I mean, are you going to try to they, flip they them? Ref- Doug Peterson referenced. Lamar Jackson, 2018 Baltimore Ravens offense. And he referenced Taysom Hill. As far as exploring ways to get Jalen Hurts involved in your offense. That's a hell of a way to invest pick 53 when there's good corners on the board. It is, but, you know, this team also traded for Darius Slay. They added Kayvon Wallace who as a safety has nickel potential. And he also fits a ton of the, the, the traits that Philly has used with the, these quick footed guys before, whether it was uh, Avante Maddox kind of getting moved all over the place. So getting Kayvon Wallace frees up Avante Maddox. If they want to use him in a true corner role for me, I really struggle with what this team's going to do at linebacker, Joe. That's, <laughs> that's where I get hung. Dude, their starting, line, their starting linebackers, according to our lads, is Nate Gary, TJ Edwards, and Duke Riley. Can't be real. That is their linebacker group. Start this, to Davis Brown, first of all. Let's, let's start there. <laughs> get him on the field. Well, I don't know. They just drafted two speed linebackers in Sean Bradley and Davion yeah. Taylor. Yeah, this is... And I'm not ready to talk about Davion Taylor yet either because Davion, first of all, coverage linebacker with speed, but super raw. We had him in our predictive top 100, and he went 103 where, Joe, if the Eagles hadn't traded the pick for Darius Slate, Taylor would have gone to the top 100, and it uh, boned us. Those punks. Boned us. <sighs> yeah, linebacker's a problem for this football team. Maybe Jalen Hurts could play linebacker. No, stop. I'm just trying to figure out, like, Let's do this real quick. What linebackers came off the board shortly after this pick at 53? Logan Wilson. Willie Gay came off at 63. Mm-hmm. Logan Wilson came off at 65. What about Malik Harrison? When did he go? Uh, he went late. That's a mistake. Uh, we had 
Cleveland Browns took Jacob Phillips at 97, and then Malik and then Malik Harrison went one and 98, the very next pick. The Ravens did this like four times throughout this draft. I don't want to talk too much about it, but they literally let teams directly in front of them pick worse football players, and they said, "Okay, we'll take the we'll take the better player at the same <laughs> position. That's fine." They did it four times. It's incredible. So, yeah, I think Logan Wilson would have been a good pick for them. I even think Willie Gay would have been a good pick for them. Well, they got Davion, and Davion Taylor can blaze. Again, it's team speed was the the emphasis here. But Davion Taylor has like four years of football experience in his entire career. Yeah. He's super Super green, and they Colorado put him out over the nickel and had him fill the alley outside. And that was his experience in run fits. Where are you playing him? Early on in his career, where are you going to play him? Overhang. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's going to take some time. He's going to play teams. You can have him do very specific things in terms of shoot a gap, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's got a long way to go in terms of the mental side of the game. All right, my last thought on the Eagles. If this fan base thought they were frustrated with Nelson Aguilar drops. Wait until John Hightower gets out there. Listen, I liked everything about Hightower's game at the Shrine Bowl. And then you watched him try and catch the ball. And he fought so many footballs. So Philly's either going to have to figure out a way to make it him improve how he addresses the football or Eagles fans are going to inevitably peg him as Aglor 2.0 for the drops. Well, he, he should go in with, with that belief. I mean, he's picked 168, so it's not like they have a ton invested there and he's got big pay, big play potential, but yeah, I mean, he does the, the drops are a problem. What was his drop rate? I'm looking it up right now. Uh, six high 6.9%. He had four drops last year Four. okay. Well, I don't know who's charting those drops. PFF. Okay. I mean, he may have dropped the ball more like at the Shrine game and you saw the skill set there. And I mean, it's equally concerning because, you know, it wasn't like he caught the ball clean all the time. Right. So, I mean, yeah, hands are an issue. Double catches and stuff like that. But I I think it was very encouraging to see that. I thought it was going to be higher just based on what I saw. It's not like he's had a lot of targets either. So you would talk about Prince Tega? I mean, I, I think between him and Jack Driscoll, they're going to get a quality player. One of them will be good at offensive line. They needed some depth there with Big T moving on. And, you know, um, Jason Peters isn't on a football team, is he, right now? Not yet. So um, that'll change maybe today where the – I think players signed after 4 o'clock today are no longer counted towards a compensatory pick formula. So we could see a bunch of guys uh, get picked up this afternoon. Uh, but, yeah, I think – and you needed some offensive line depth there, especially at tackle – I think Driscoll can play some guard if you need to. If Tega's healthy, I don't think he falls this far. Not a chance. So some good young offensive linemen there to add to the mix where I think they needed some players. What would you give this class overall? Um, I mean, here's the thing. is I, can al- I feel like I can always do this where if I reorder the guys, I can get behind it. If you told me it was Rager, Kayvon Wallace in the second round. Kayvon uh, Wallace at 53. Yeah. Wouldn't you Ooh. like that better than Hurts? I mean, not not in hindsight, knowing I, you can get him at 127. I had Hertz graded 
as a higher player than Camel Wallace. Camel Wallace was like 102 for me. This is probably a C. I would say B minus. So I think they did some nice things. I like, I appreciate the team speed. I appreciate building up the skill players. We're going to see how the pieces fit. I'm not ready to like bury this one. There's people that are ready to bury the Eagles as one of the worst draft classes in the NFL. Can I try to make you bury it real quick here? No. Okay. Yeah. I think in your mind, and you could say yes or no, that you think Driscoll, Hightower, Bradley, Watkins, and Two Hill were throwaway picks. And you don't love Taylor or Hertz. No. Oh, <laughs> you're close to saying yes there. No. All right. I have a bigger concern with how they invested at linebacker. You should. They, they're, that's going to be interesting. If linebackers don't matter, we're going to find out with the Eagles. Defense yeah, the Eagles year. are going to be the biggest case study, and they better <laughs> run a ton of dime package. They, yeah. What, which, yeah. It's not even like they have Malcolm Jenkins anymore. <laughs> right. And he was like that super versatile piece. Yeah. I don't know, dude. It's going to be weird. Maybe they'll sign Nigel Bradham back. They should. And do that. Dude, they moved Jalen. Jalen Mills is now one of their starting safeties. They had to move him from corner. Yeah, it's a lot of that's a lot of new new pieces. I like their D line though. They got a good D line. Yes, they do. They got studs up front. Darius Slay's good. Maybe they'll run five man front, dude. They got <laughs> Barnett, Hargrave, Malik Jackson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. Run a five two. I think Jatavis Brown's a sleeper there. To, yeah. To make a you know, name for himself at linebacker for this team. And then I guess TJ Edwards is a smart football player. Yeah, he could be your Mike. Okay, so we're running 5-2. <laughs> or 4-2-5. Yes. <laughs> and you'll bring, um, I guess you'll bring Hargrave off on passing downs. Yeah. Even though he, even though he yeah, can I push mean, the clock. You don't have to, yeah. I mean, they got some right. different guys there. Yeah. Okay. Right, maybe Rudy in. Ford. Maybe in. Rudy Ford could be their time linebacker. I'm back in. Okay, Washington. Yep. Thin class. Yep. Very, they got Montez uh, Sweat though last year, so that's part of it. They did. We got to include part of Montez Sweat. So they made eight picks. Number two, Chase Young. Self-explanatory. Next pick came sixty-four picks later. Sixty-six running back, wide receiver Antonio Gibson for Memphis. One hundred eight. Offensive tackle, City Charles LSU, 142, wide receiver Antonio Ganey-Golden, Liberty, 156, offensive lineman Keith Ishmael, San Diego State, 162, safety Kaliki Hudson, Michigan, 216, safety Cameron Curl from Arkansas, 229, edge James Smith-Williams, North Carolina State. I like your talking point uh, that you made about Chase Young at two in the pre-show, and I'd like you to explain that because it resonated with me the the most important thing for washington's draft class was not making the number two pick harder than it had to be by either trading out because you want more volume or trying to draft for positional need or, or for a position of need in your draft you have a player that like chase young that's available you take that player period and washington did that in spite of a 64 pick gap in a deep class and you come out the other side, and your very next pick is Antonio Gibson, who I like. But, man, does it hurt to have to wait from Chase Young and then come out your next two picks, Antonio Gibson and Sadiq Charles. But the most important thing Washington did 
was take that player that other teams are going to have to set their game plans around mm-hmm. offensively. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, Chase Young, pfft, elite. Uh, I like the Antonio Gibson pick. Uh, maybe that's a bit of a hot take. I think that he's a better version of what the Panthers wanted Curtis Samuel to be. And you think about Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator coming from Carolina. Uh, I think he knows how to use a player like this and you don't have the injury problems with, with Gibson, like you do Samuel. So seems like Rivera wants to have this type of player. Um, and I think you get, I think you get a better player in Gibson than, than Samuel was coming out at least. Uh, Sadiq Charles, I do not envy you, sir. <laughs> you are going to have to step into the shoes of a now departed Trent Williams. And Washington got diddly squat for Trent Williams. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a second. Do it. Washington deserved to get less for the way they handled and treated this situation. They could have had a first-round pick if they traded him last offseason for Trent Williams. And Bruce Allen decided to make it personal. He made his job personal, which he's done time and time again, and he told Trent to sit and rot. Trent decides to come back after ending his holdout. They don't pass him on his physical anyway. An entire year of this man's career was wasted because Bruce Allen didn't want a first-round pick for Trent Williams. And it's not fair that the regime that's now there with Ron Rivera and company has to pay that price, but it is karma is a bitch. And I was glad to see Washington got a five and a three next year for a guy who made the Pro Bowl for seven consecutive seasons in Trent Williams. Hopefully those types of personnel dealings in Washington are no longer with Rivera having, I think, a bigger influence and obviously Bruce Allen no longer being in the mix there. But yeah, Charles has got a a big job ahead of him. And um, he wasn't my favorite tackle prospect coming out. He was um, a player that I think I was probably below or lower on. And I mean, really, he went 108. So uh, it's right about where I had him. Yeah, I mean, so he wasn't like he wasn't like a player that a team reached for because they thought he was going to be like a, a early starter. I mean, I think that's the right range for him if you're going to start start the conversation. So, um, you know, look, you look at these first three picks. You got a an elite defensive end and and Chase Young, an X factor weapon in Antonio Gibson, and potentially a starting offensive lineman in Sadiq Charles. So like that, from that perspective, not having a second round pick and being able to have that with your first three picks, I think that's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's especially when you, when you think about the impact that Young's going to have in terms of literally dictating how teams play you. Yeah. They did what they could for what they had at their disposal in year one. Yeah. But this is a better alternative than trading back to, I don't know, 16 with Atlanta and getting who you picking it at 16. You may have taken, I don't know, Austin Jackson, Chase, Kyle, maybe. <laughs> Chase, Chase on. Maybe. Yeah, you know, maybe. But but no, because if it's if you trade back, you don't you don't need the uh the the edge position as much as when it's not just overwhelmingly best player available. Right. So I'm saying they could have went offensive line there. Weird. Yeah, man. 
that I mean, and you could point to future capital and say, well, they would have got Atlanta's first round pick. But if you give Atlanta Chase Young, yeah, no, congrats <laughs> on your pick in the twenties because that, yeah, that's that'd be a huge ad for them. Yeah, so. Yeah, man, I think this was the right move, and and they did well with what they had at their disposal. But it, not having a two this year was was cr- a crushing handicap for their draft class. Keith Ishmael has a chance to be a nice backup interior offensive lineman for them. Maybe one of those safeties can hit. I don't know about James Smith Williams. I mean, he's he's got some physical talent, but man, I think he's just super underdeveloped as a football player and. You know, maybe Antonio Gandon Golden can be like a wide receiver four or five, but they kind of have that player already in Kelvin Harmon. Right, that was a weird Adamore. pick for me with that. So, yeah. Well, I mean, if Harmon's your two and, and your slot's Trey Quinn, you got Terry McLaurin as your as your number one. I mean, maybe Gandy Golden can be your four. So they clearly Kyle, want size. Yeah, yeah. And they've I mean, and they've got a good separator in, in McLaurin. Kyle, we need takes, man. We need some good takes for takes on takes tomorrow. Can't wait. Can't wait for post-draft tots. Yeah. Bring them in. Send them in. I'm at Grinding Tape. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I want to thank you guys for listening to today's episode of The Draft Dudes. We will be getting to all of your teams. This is our format so that we make sure we give each and every one of your teams their due time and are able to comprehensively cover uh, the aftermath of the 2020 NFL Draft. Uh, so bear with us throughout the course of the next two weeks. We will get to each and every single one of your teams, but you should know the entire league. So hit subscribe. Come on back. We got takes on takes tomorrow, which is the people show. We're looking forward to seeing what you guys bring to the table. I'm Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. Talk with you guys again tomorrow.